the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. I reported to you, I can't get it out of my mind, hence my repeating it, that a, a, a major Dutch poet, author, well, not poet, yeah, Dutch poet, yeah, will not be allowed to translate the black American young woman Amanda Gorman's poetry into Dutch because he's white. Excuse me. He or she. It goes. The, this person goes as they. So I don't know if it's a he or she. Though the, the, the name Marika, I believe, is female. Anyway, that, that's a side point. The, the, the point here is this is what the left now believes. Only blacks can translate blacks. If that is not the purest form of racism, I, I can't think of a purer form. Can a black translate a, a white? Look, last week I reported to you from Condé Nast, Bon Appetit, right? Publishers of Bon Appetit. Some uh, a Jewish fascist uh, wrote that uh, it was uh, wrong uh, for a non-Jew to comment on how to make hamantaschen better. Hamantaschen is the uh, the Purim pastry uh, that is eaten on the holiday of Purim, which just was last Friday, as it happens by coincidence. It is essentially flavorless dough with a yummy center. But it, so I would say that as a Jew, I would say that anybody who has a recommendation on making hamantaschen tastier should be given some Jewish award. This is this is what we are now entering. And uh, half of America's college-age students and, and now high school students believe that that is humane and decent and good, as opposed to pure, undiluted racism. Only Jews can write about Jewish recipes. Only blacks can translate blacks. Cultural appropriation, I think cultural appropriation is one of the most beautiful things in the world. (laughs) Anyway, who hasn't culturally appropriated? The only people who have not culturally appropriated are people who have come into contact with no other cultures. So, in other words, truly the most uh, isolated provincial people in the world are the purest, according to the left. And yet, as I pointed out, end of last hour, liberals vote left. Yep, indeed. Time for me to make this announcement again. If only the evil did evil, the world would be good. That's the right... 
the evil succeed because many, many vast numbers of decent people help them. That is the case of the liberals voting Democrat. That's, that's what it is. I know very decent liberals, truly wonderful human beings. And they enable the left. That's it. That's what. That's all there is to know. CPAC was this uh, weekend. The president was his usual powerful uh, self. Made a powerful pitch against the the Biden administration's law. Now, law is it law yet? Has Congress passed it about uh, about not discriminating uh, on behalf of females to com- compete against females in sports? It passed the House. It's going to be interesting if it passes the Senate. Will every single Democrat vote? That's what it has to have. Well, feel for those of you who have daughters in uh, high school sports. Christy Nome was great. DeSantis was great. We have a lot of great people. Spoke earlier about my being perfectly okay with any wonderful candidate. My, uh, my allegiance is to defeating the left. If Donald Trump couldn't uh, defeat the left, by golly, I'll be there with him again. If Christy Noem can, I'll be with her. If uh, Ron DeSantis can, I'll be with him. That's what you should all hold. If, if we don't defeat the left, America is defeated. I don't know why that should strike any Republican as controversial. Wow, only blacks can translate blacks. A new one, eh? I may save this for uh, the ultimate issues hour. Humans or animals, let's get over it. I think that'll be a good one for tomorrow. Here's a piece from the Jerusalem Post. And as Israel tropical disease expert says, he has new proof that a drug used to fight parasites in third world countries could help reduce the length of infection for people who contract coronavirus. Professor Ellie Schwartz, founder of the Center for Travel Medicine and Tropical Disease at Sheba Medical Center in Tel HaShomer, last week completed a clinical trial of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration-approved drug ivermectin. Oh, ivermectin. A broad-spectrum antiparasitic agent that has also been shown to fight viruses. Now, you ready, all, of, all those of you uh, who have helped kill Americans by denying the efficacy of ivermectin? And again, nice people involved in non-intentional homicide. Those of you who have opposed hydroxychloroquine and zinc, there weren't double-blind studies. The double-blind placebo-controlled study included 100 people with mild to moderate cases of the disease 
who were not hospitalized for the virus. It tested whether ivermectin could shorten the viral shedding period, allowing them to test negative for coronavirus and leave isolation in only a few days. Schwartz said the drug was shown to help quote-unquote cure people of the virus within just six days. Moreover, the chances of testing negative for coronavirus were three times higher for the group who received ivermectin than the placebo. If your doctor would not have given you ivermectin, change your doctor. Could be the sweetest person, someone you've had a bond with your whole life, but the person uh, is, is a herd thinker, not someone you want as your doctor. Keep the person as a friend. Get any doctor that refused to give you ivermectin uh, in a non-hospitalized environment is uh, followed sheep, not science. Okay, just this is a fact. It's just a fact. Get rid of that doctor. Keep him as a friend. Keep her as a friend. These are again nice people who do damage. Nice people do more damage than evil people. Evil people do one-to-one damage. This this monster last week who, who, who murdered three people in a family after being released from prison and then ate the, the, the organs of one of them. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's obviously a, an evil monster. The harm they do is, is, is awful, but it is not, it's not on a giant scale. Giant scale can only be done with decent people helping along. I wrote my two columns, The Good German and The Good American, a couple of weeks ago. From a public health point of view, the majority of patients with corona are mild cases, and 90% of these people are isolated out of the hospital. Schwartz said, if you have any kind of drug that can shorten the duration of the infectiousness of these patients, that would be dramatic as they will not infect others. Nevertheless, what did the uh, NIH say in a statement last Thursday? There was insufficient data for the COVID-19 treatment guidelines panel to recommend either for or against the use of ivermectin for the treatment of COVID-19. Wow. The corruption in the sciences is profound. This has been all new to me. I didn't realize how corrupt the FBI, the CIA, the NIH. I didn't realize this. And I I feel uh, foolish for not realizing it. But I do now. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. 
I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Want to remind you that I am going on a cruise with you this year. I've been reading to you about the positive double-blind study in Israel for ivermectin. But still, the NIH last Thursday, insufficient data for the COVID-19 treatment guidelines panel to recommend either for or against the use of ivermectin. Results from adequately powered, well-designed, and well-conducted clinical trials are needed to provide more specific evidence-based guidance on the role of ivermectin in the treatment of COVID-19. However, the NIH has said that For other things, quote, ivermectin has been widely used and is generally well tolerated. God. Well, it's a bad day when a talk show host knows more about how to treat COVID than most doctors and the NIH. I claim that I am such a person. And it is with no pride that I say it. It is with embarrassment for my country and shame for the medical profession. Slovakia becomes the first EU nation to formally approve ivermectin for both prophylaxis and treatment COVID-19 patients. The Slovakia Republic's Minister of Health has formally registered ivermectin as an approved prophylaxis and treatment for SARS-CoV-2, the virus behind COVID-19. In breaking news, the authorization occurred yesterday, that's that's a couple of weeks ago, as doctors received the news that they could proceed with formally authorized prescriptions both in hospitals and outpatients. The mortality rate in nursing homes in Germany is about 25% to 30%. After treating about 100 residents with ivermectin, the rate in one case series apparently went down to, what do you think the number is? No. From 25 to 30% to 5%. So all of you who have supported the doctors and uh, Fauci and the others not recommending ivermectin, uh, you have participated in death. But you're a nice person, so you live with yourself. And that's fine. Uh, I, I don't want you not to be able to live with yourself. I want you to do uh, penitence. God, it's disgusting. The number of lives shattered because of death and because of livelihoods ruined because we wouldn't use ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and zinc. There's not, there's not been, in modern times, there's not been as, as irresponsible a choice made by authorities in, as, the, as that. There is no, uh, nothing comparable in the medical world. How about this one? 
you hear about all these people saying, oh, well, if you get the uh, vaccination, you could still transmit the virus. This is a new one. Jerusalem Post, coronavirus, can a vaccinated person still spread COVID? Several Israeli research teams are getting very promising results that the answer is no. This is from two days ago. After nearly two months, Israeli data is beginning to confirm what Pfizer already knew. Their coronavirus vaccine stopped symptomatic and severe COVID-19. There is growing evidence that people who get vaccinated do not spread the virus very much, if at all. So I have a question. Why are people going to... Why is Fauci telling people to wear masks even after vaccination? Abundance of caution. AOC. That's what it stands for, AOC. Abundance of caution. Earlier this week, a SARS-CoV-2 immunity and reinfection evaluation report by Public Health England was pre-printed online by the peer-reviewed Lancet Medical Journal that evaluated staff working in publicly funded hospitals in the U.K., The study measured the impact of a single dose of the Pfizer vaccine over an eight-week period and found, quote, strong evidence that vaccinating working-age adults will substantially reduce asymptomatic and symptomatic SARS-CoV-2 infection and therefore reduce transmission of infection in the population. Wearing a mask. I got a question for you folks. How's this? If the vaccine is effective, and it apparently is, why do you care if other people wear masks? Somebody's got to explain that to me. Yeah, I got the vaccination, but you better wear a mask. Or even more bizarre, I'll wear a mask. That's why this nonsense of it will need passports in order to travel If you're worried about contracting the illness, get vaccinated, and that ends the issue. What do you care if I'm vaccinated or not? We're going to still have to sit in airplanes and and, uh, breathe in our own carbon dioxide for five hours? I can't tell you, I've traveled 130 countries, every single state, uh, basically every week for much of my life. And uh, I have—I not only have no problem with travel; it is—it is—it is, it is a joy. But I—I uh, I rue going to uh, Wisconsin this week, sitting on a plane, uh, and uh, wearing a mask, knowing—knowing knowing what a fraud I'm participating in. Total fraud, because while you eat, you don't have to do it. As, as it should be. But if the ultimate fraud is, if you got a vaccine, why do you care if I wear a mask? That will be very interesting to hear an answer to. The Dennis Prager Show. And by golly, guess who I have on the line? 
Dinesh D'Souza himself. Dinesh, congratulations on a great video. This is a very, uh, a very new thing, I think. I mean, I'm a student of the left my whole life. I was not fully prepared to have a Marxism based on uh, sexuality, sexual identity, sexual preference, and race. I, it, Marxism was always based on class. When did the change take place and why? Well, um, this is a fascinating story. As you say, Marx uh, cared only about the economic or class division between, you may call it the rich and the poor, or more precisely between the working class and the capitalist class. And Marx thought that worldwide that was the only distinction that mattered. But interestingly, Marx had made all these predictions, including the prediction that there would be a working class revolt in the developed countries, uh, in Germany, in France, in England, and so on. And when that didn't happen, the Marxists began to scratch their heads to figure out why. Now, they, they could have just concluded, you know, Marx was wrong, let's throw out all this uh, Marxism stuff and start again. But they decided no. They said, basically, here's the problem. And the Italian communist named Antonio Gramsci was kind of the pioneer of this thinking. He said, look, the problem is that the working class goes to church. The problem is that the working class goes to school. So they absorb, Gramsci argued, bourgeois culture, the culture of, that is the culture of the family, of faith, of religion, of patriotism. So Gramsci said, we have to fight them there. We, we need to take over the universities. We need to take over the institutions of culture. We need to promote Marxist culture. And that will dissolve the sympathies of the working class uh, for the bourgeois class. So this is how this all got started. Gramsci laid out the doctrine in the 1920s, and then the left in America adopted it wholesale in the 1960s. So we've now seen a 50-year project of leftist infiltration of the institutions of culture, one that has given them, I would say, a virtual monopoly, certainly over the institutions of high culture. So in a nutshell, if a nutshell is possible here, or if any answer is really possible, what do you think the end of the left is? Well, I think that their end is... um, is social control. It's, um, it is tyranny. It is the, it is the joys of tyranny. Um, I mean, if we think of what dictators have aspired to since ancient times, it's the idea of having your foot or your thumb on everybody else's neck. Because then not only can you lift their pocketbook and keep the proceeds for yourself, but you can direct their lives in all kinds of ways. So the Napoleonic ambition. Now, I think the difference is that in the ancient world, tyranny was somewhat limited because the reach of these kings was limited. They, they relied on the nobles to pay them all kinds of fees and so on to raise an army. But today with modern technology, if you can create an alliance between government and the captains of industry, you can establish a regime of control that, you know, old Napoleon would never dream of. So you said, you, you coined a phrase, maybe it's not coined for you, but it was coined for me, the joys of tyranny. And that's very, uh, I think that that's very insightful. There, 
there is a gap between them and us that is unbridgeable. You and I and every conservative I know has no joy in controlling others. So where does this come from? I mean, I'm asking huge questions only because I so respect your mind. I don't, I don't even know if answers are fully available. Maybe it's built into certain people's natures. Where do you think it comes from? I have zero desire. I have a lot of bad desires. I have a sinful nature like others. But I have to admit, one of those sins is not a desire to control anybody. Well, I slightly disagree, and, and I don't disagree about you, but I mean, I disagree that, um, that there are two kinds of people in the world, the potential tyrants and the lovers of freedom. Let me put it a slightly different way. If somebody were to come to me and say, hey, Dinesh, um, you agree that good books improve people and bad books harm people, don't you? I would say, yes, I do agree. And then if they were to say, let's imagine a society where you, Dinesh, have complete control over every book that people read. You get to decide what they read, and all the bad books, in your opinion, will be destroyed forever and burned. Would that be an attractive proposition for you? I would have to confess immensely so. Um, in other words, I would think that we could, we could rid society of all kinds of evils if I was completely in charge and, and I established the curriculum for the whole world. Now, I realize this is all just a thought experiment here, but I guess what I'm trying to say, I think the desire, the tyrannical impulse is there in human Fascinating. Nature. This is truly an important discussion. See his video. It is up at PragerU.com. The Dennis Prager Show. Let there be no doubt, big tech and the far left have joined forces to purge America of conservative views. So why exactly are we choosing to give big tech companies all of our personal data? The battle lines have been drawn. Big tech has made it clear which side they're on. Now is the time to take a stance. Protect your personal data from big tech with the VPN I trust for my online protection, ExpressVPN. Every device, whether you're on your phone, laptop, or TV, has a unique string of numbers called an IP address. When you search for things, watch videos, or even click a link, big tech companies can use that IP to track your activity and tie it back to you. So stop handing over your data to big tech companies whose aim is to censor you and spy on you. Defend your rights and protect your internet activity with the VPN I use. Visit expressvpn.com Prager, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N com slash Prager to get three extra months free. ExpressVPN.com slash Prager. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here with Dinesh D'Souza. One of the handful of those who doesn't uh, need an introduction. And uh, his uh, latest video is up at the Prager U. It's a very important one about the new socialism. It's not the socialism or the new Marxism. It is not the Marxism of class, but the Marxism of race and culture, etc. Also, you should know that Dinesh has a very, very successful podcast now. And how do people access that, Dinesh? Dennis, it's available on audio at Apple and Spotify and Google and on video on YouTube and Rumble. So it's available either to listen to or to watch on video, and it's it's got a lot of followers on both platforms. And as well as the, at the Salem Podcast Network. 
Yes, absolutely. It's on SalemNow.com also. Right, which has a growing presence in, in the uh, in the world of the Internet. So one of my joys is talking to somebody I respect and not knowing if I differ or agree on a certain subject. So I asked you uh, whether or not there is this unbridgeable gap between those who want to control us. Because I asked you, I'm, I'm reviewing this for my listeners' sake. So I, I asked Dinesh, what is the ultimate end game of the left? And he said, the joy of control. And I, I believe that I, I believe that is true. I, I, have an, I have an additional, not, not contrary of additional view. I, I believe that they're animated by a love of chaos. Chaos leads to control, but I think that there is a, a deep element of, uh, of chaos. If, if you have to say men give birth, that's more chaos than even control, though it's related to both. Okay, so I said I don't see in me the desire to control. I, I, have, I, I could see in me the desire to rob a bank, okay? I don't. It's immoral. It's, it's illegal. It's, it's et cetera. But I can understand robbing a bank. I don't understand the desire to control people like Gavin Newsom controls the people of California. I can't relate to it. But you said, but in fact, it may be more universal than I, Dennis, think. And uh, if, if one has the opportunity to truly, let's say, ban ideas that are d- perceived as injurious, a, a lot of people would want to do so. So I give you an interesting counterexample. I re- it made a big impact on me as a very young person. As a kid, there was a march in Skokie, Illinois, by Nazis. Not neo-Nazis, real-deal American Nazis, swastikas and all. And they chose Skokie because they were sadists. That's where a lot of Holocaust survivors lived. So these people had to relive the horror of seeing Nazis march down their streets. Virtually every Jewish organization, every liberal organization defended the Nazis' right. Uh, I would defend the Nazis' right to march in a Jewish neighborhood in the United States. So even if I had the power to suppress the march, I wouldn't use it. So tell me why that does not somewhat answer your, uh, uh, your challenge to me. I would say that uh, in a strange way, it, it, it corroborates what I've been saying in this way. It's not really a counterexample. Here's all I would point out, and that is that, I mean, I agree with your position uh, with regard to Skokie, but I would say that that is a hard-won position, by which I mean that's not the natural way to feel. If you're, and I don't have to tell you this, but I mean, if you're a Jewish family, let's say with Holocaust survivors in your in your ancestry or your parents and so on, you see these Nazis marching through, you're in initial natural understandable impulse is to round those guys up and stop them from doing that Correct. not only Correct. not only are they exercising a right to free they're doing it with deliberate provocative motive so you'd be like what possible good can be achieved by that and your impulse is to stop it now you have to be sufficiently tutored in the principles of liberty to suppress that natural impulse and say even though i feel that way and i'm right to feel that way 
I'm going to hold back because I believe in the principle of free speech. I, if they start with the Nazis, next they'll be getting the socialists, and next they'll be getting everyone else. And so for, oh, you have to deploy this battery of arguments for why you should, be, you should abstain from doing what is natural to do. And that's what I was getting at. The impulse to tyranny, to control, is natural. It's not even entirely wrong, but li- liberalism or classical liberalism teaches us to suppress it in appropriate instances. So that, fair enough, it's an excellent answer. So therefore, that would mean that in Dennis and Dinesh, the the love of liberty has been so deeply assimilated into our beings, that's the reason for the gulf between us and the left. Uh, yes, although if if tempted, uh, you know, we are, I would say you and I are in the, I would say loosely in the virtue business, which is to say we believe not just in the free society, but the virtuous society. So if somebody were able to say to us, hey, Dinesh and Dennis can get together and essentially regulate the sexual mores of the whole society so we have wholesome families, very little divorce, very little of all the stuff we see going on today, we would be tempted to say, yeah, you know, this, this might be a good way to go. Our society has lost its moorings, and if you and I were in charge, we can help to restore them. So virtue is always a temptation to override liberty. And here's my point. For that for the left, they have developed this artificial sense of virtue and indignation so that they too, their tyrannical impulses are always driven by some claim to higher virtue. It's not that they don't see the value of liberty, but they're willing to override it in the name of some greater good. Well, good stuff. All right, watch his video at PragerU uh, explaining this new Marxism and... Watch his podcast through Salem and so many other venues. Thank you, Dinesh. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Lance in Los Angeles. Hi. Hi, Dennis. Great to talk to you. I want to express that you were really a shining light in my life and my father's life. Being in California, I really feel like a... um, I don't know. Like, I don't belong sometimes because of the, the thought, the, the feelings of the community around me. I, it was during the election time. I was, you know, seeing a lot of uh, Biden-Harris signs and no Trump signs. I felt like I couldn't, uh, you know, they could say anything they wanted. That's right. Well, that, that is the rule in California. Yeah. So I, I just want to thank you for that. I actually had to drive 20 miles out of our way from West Los Angeles where we live. To, I think um, it was the eastern end of LA to see your no safe uh, spaces. Mm. So that's you. Glad but, you um, did. Yep. I wanted your comments, and also why I was, um, I want to keep it, I hear my dad's um, voice saying, you know, stay focused. But while I was waiting to talk to you, I thought I was standing over where our Christmas tree is, and I thought it'd be great for your uh, merchandise for your store to have a little figurine, maybe for the holidays, maybe to put up any time on the dashboard in your car when you want to feel warmth of you, um, Otto, and your fireside chat. Nice idea. You know, plug in. Thank you. <laughs> All right, you're going to run out of time. Go ahead. Okay. So I want to, and this may be too big of a subject right now uh, in the short time, but your feelings, thoughts on the Great Reset and uh, how to stop this. 
that's exactly what the left wants is a great reset. I, I warned about this when Barack Obama was running for president first term. We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. What is fundamentally transforming, if not a great reset? That's what they want to do. They, they're quite open about it. The World Economic Forum, Davos, that, that's what they want, is a world reset where these... Uh, Bill Gates gave a million dollars to a program that denies to promote the idea that there is no one right answer in math. Can't get much more of a great reset than that. You're resetting truth. These people want to control the world. I never said these things before. It's hard to relate to something that you don't relate to. I don't want to control anybody. I get no joy from it. So that was that great discussion with Dinesh D'Souza. I leave you with my newest insight. If only, e- if only the evil did evil, it would be a good world. I'm Dennis Prager. I will see you tomorrow.